Well, I'm so glad to be here with you all. And as I've been just taken into this, um, take, taking this service in tonight, it's been impacting me and speaking to me in a real way myself. And one of the things that I've noticed, and some of this was intentional for you guys to gather, and let me know if you, uh, if you can relate, but through the skit that we did, through the videos that we've shown thus far, through the songs that we've sang, have you just realized that there's a lot of unexpected events that happen in the Christmas story? I mean, you have Mary who's trying to figure this out. You have Joseph who doesn't know quite what to do. You have the angels who are on call, the shepherds scratching their head, the baby, the birth of the Savior is about to happen in a town called Nazareth. What good could come out of Nazareth? Only the Savior of the world. And as I've been studying the Christmas story, I feel like God has given me just a new lens into this story. And the title of my message that I want to share with you tonight is simply this, Unexpected Grace unexpected grace. As I just peruse through these chapters and the Christmas birth of the Messiah. And in both these stories, you find there's just this unexpected, right? And what does unexpected mean? It just means that you didn't know it was going to happen. It happened, and you had no idea that that was coming, but, but it happened, and, and not only that, but it's not a bad unexpected moment. It's, it's unexpected, but it's wrapped in grace. Maybe you're not familiar what the word grace means. By definition, the word grace just means an undeserved gift, unmerited favor. It's as if you were to do something that you knew was wrong. And instead of being punished for what you did, what was wrong, you got blessed because of it instead. It doesn't quite make sense, but that's the gospel message that we believe when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk about unexpected grace out of the gospel of Matthew found in Matthew chapter 1. We're just going to read a chunk of verses tonight, and then we're going to get ready to close. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. When you get there, say, I'm there. If you're ready, say, ready. If you're hungry, say, let's eat. Let's eat. I like it. <laughs> now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Verse 19. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Verse 20, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet Isaiah, which is found in Isaiah chapter 7, if you want to do some extra credit. Uh, verse 23, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. He called his name Jesus. Let's go ahead and just walk through these verses, just a brief exposition of these seven verses here. In verse 18, what the author communicates is that the birth of Jesus Christ took place 
in this way. Why is this even significant? Why is it important that we hone in on the birth of Jesus Christ? As you read the first 15 verses in the Gospel of Matthew, you'll see a whole lot of genealogy. What genealogy is, is just basically the family tree of Jesus. So-and-so begot so-and-so, and so-and-so begot so-and-so, and so-and-so begot Zerubbabel. That's the name I always remember, Zerubbabel. Um, and Zerubbabel had so-and-so, and then finally you get to Jesus, and the author says, now this is where we begin. If we could just focus, if we could lock in on these verses, there may be something that God would teach you tonight. I believe he's teaching me tonight alongside you. He says, I want you to hone in on Jesus Christ and his birth. The name Jesus by definition is Yahshua. And Yahshua, simply put in the Hebrew, was Yahweh saves. Our God saves. So the very name of Jesus is important. When God says he's going to be named Jesus, in other words, he's saying he's going to be named God the Savior. The, the name Christ is less of a name and is more of a title. And this is important if you really want to understand the meaning of Christmas, of Christmas. Christ is the Hebrew word Meshuch. Join me in saying that. Meshuch. Don't spit on the person, but just say Meshuch, right? It's a fun word to say. Translates to the Greek word Christos, which is where we get the word Christ, and it means that that is his title. Mashiach means Messiah. Yahweh, the Messiah. Jesus, the one who saves. So if we really wanted to hone in on a person in the Bible, and we really wanted to know about a person, I think the right person to focus in on would be the one that can save. And that is the one we're reading about tonight. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with a child from the Holy Spirit. Now, when we talk about unexpected grace, here's the first unexpected moment that I see here. This is an unexpected couple. This is an unexpected couple. As I read the Christmas story, I realize God chooses people that we probably wouldn't choose. God focuses and locks in on people that, are, that, that may not be extraordinary. They may be very ordinary. And why I say that is because that means there's hope for you and I, right? Maybe you feel like, man, I'm not good enough, or I can't sing like that, or I can't play like that, or I can't, I can't play sports like that, or I'm not cool enough, or I don't have, you can fill in the blank with all that you don't have. If you got him, you're enough, right? And God locks in on these ordinary people, this guy named Joseph, right? And you see in Joseph's lineage, He's got all these people that went before him. He's, he's the great, 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 great grandson of David. And so they're like, man, Joseph, why can't you be more like David, man? When are you going to kill Goliath? When are you going to do something more extraordinary? Did you know what your, your, your great, great, great times a thousand grand, grandpa did like Jacob and, and Isaac and all these people that you're linked to, Abraham, Joseph, why can't you be more like them? And Joseph's like, because I'm a carpenter. I just got a regular job. Stop comparing me to everybody else. God's going to use me. Just wait. I'm just going to stay focused and, and run my lane. I'm going to stay in my lane, says Joseph. And he meets this young lady named Mary. And Mary is an ordinary woman herself. Not only is she ordinary, but she's very young. Many scholars believe that Mary was 14 to 16 in that age range. And we know by the, the Gospel of Luke's account that she was a righteous young woman, that she believed in the Lord, that she had faith, and that she lived out her faith. And wouldn't it be like God to find two hardworking people that have faith and say, those are the people that I'm going to use to bring my son into the world? See, God doesn't look how we often look. God doesn't have our standards in place. Actually, God focuses on the heart. A lot of people think that God's looking for ability. 
I think God's looking for availability. Who's going to put their yes on the table and say, God, use me. The most powerful prayer you could, you could pray for 2018 is this. Powerful yet dangerous. Lord, two words. Use me. Use me. I believe that, that God would answer that prayer in ways that are unexpected. But it would be unexpected grace. This is a very unexpected couple that he would choose. And we see that in 118. I just want to highlight these verses really quick. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. What does that mean? It means that they were engaged, but in the Jewish culture, it was like marriage. It wasn't just an engagement where you could just take your ring on and off and just kind of, we're married, but we're not married. This was, we're married, but we have a, um, a cultural procedure that we walk through in order for us to have this big week-long wedding ceremony that was a big deal in the Jewish Hebrew culture. They hadn't had that ceremony yet, but they were betrothed, they were engaged, and they weren't, they weren't quite living together yet, sleeping together, but they were working toward that. And it says that they were betrothed, they were together, that... That they, they, they functioned as husband and wife when it came to c- conversation and things like that in the public eye. But they were working toward this. And then what happens? Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. That right there, that, that's an unexpected circumstance. That is an unexpected circumstance. Has anybody ever had an unexpected circumstance happen in your life? Maybe just me. One of my, one of my favorite unexpected circumstances came when, when I, I was actually coaching college basketball in Kentucky a few years back. And I decided to go see my old team, James Madison, play in Dayton, Ohio, and they were playing in the NCAA tournament. I showed up at the game, and I watched the game, and we lost, but it was still cool to be there. And I had never been to Dayton, Ohio before, and I remember getting in the parking lot and getting into my car. I went to grab my phone, and what are, what are we without a GPS, right? And I went to plug it in, and right as I got to put the address in, my phone died. And I sat there, and I was like, all right, what am I going to do now? And I went to grab my phone charger, but Apple was smart. They started a new charger, so the old phone charger didn't work. Does that anybody bother? That just bothers me? Okay. Y'all, y'all spiritual. It's okay. Um, so I was, I was slightly upset. And so what I did is what I would encourage you to do in an unexpected circumstance is pray. I said, Father, this was unexpected. I have no idea where I'm at. I pray that you would give me some wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the story. I wouldn't lie to you, church. I opened my eyes. I looked across the street and saw McDonald's. At the very least, I was going to get a cheeseburger out of it. All right? And I said, all right, I'm going to go to this McDonald's. And I'm, by faith, I'm praying that there might be one person in that McDonald's charging the iPhone with the new charger, all right? I pull up, I step into the McDonald's, there's one man in the McDonald's, he's sitting next to a little charging port, and he's charging his iPhone. I kind of weirdly kind of, does he got the right charger? He's got the right charger, oh my goodness, this is happening, this is, this, this is happening moment. So now I actually have to do something about this circumstance. I go next to him and I say, excuse me, sir, um, this may sound super strange, but uh, my phone died. I need some direction. It, it seems to me that you have the same charger. If you could help me out with the charge, I can be out your way. And he goes, you need a charge. All right, that's great. Go for it. Take it. I'm like, yes. But as you know, it doesn't just click right back on. And I need some juice, right, to get to where I need to get to. So I'm just sitting there waiting. We have some casual conversation and all of a sudden, so he says, what, what's your name? I say, my name's Hayden. And he goes, oh, that's cool, Hayden. What? I said, my name's Hayden Ratner. And he goes, I know who you are. 
I was like, whoa. And he goes, you took a basketball mission trip to Columbia, South America in 2009, didn't you? And I said, I did. He goes, I'm the one that puts you on that team. My name's Coach Mo. And I said, wow. What? <laughs> that was really unexpected. Uh, just to fast forward, Coach Mo and I would stay uh, in that McDonald's for about two hours. We, were, we had a great fellowship, a great time of hanging out. We exchanged contact information. I attended the Final Four that year with Coach Mo. He's been out to Vegas several times. He's a dear friend of mine, and he's a man of God. And I just share that story to say that was an unexpected circumstance. This right here is a little different, but the principle remains the same. It is unexpected. Mary, why are you pregnant? Right? The Gospel of Luke tells us that Mary went off on a journey for three months after she had the encounter with the angel Gabriel. Angel Gabriel said, Mary, God has had favor upon you, and you will give birth to the Messiah, and, and his name shall be Jesus. You're going to live out the prophecies that Miss Mariah just read for us. And Mary said, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you sure? <laughs> All right, I'm going to do it. And she put her yes on the table and went and visited her cousin, Elizabeth. And then she came back three months later and her husband, Joseph, noticed the baby bump. Somebody say, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. All right. And so Joseph, rightfully so, con confronts her. As we just look back at the scriptures, let's just go back to those main verses. It says that Joseph deciding in his heart, right, Joseph decided in his heart to quietly divorce her, being a just man. It says that he said, you know, I'm, I'm not willing to put her to shame. Joseph could have acted in a way that would have caused a lot of hurt, harm, and embarrassment to Mary because of the circumstance. But being a just man, he said, you know what? I'm not going to do all that. I don't want to put you to shame. I don't want to embarrass you. I don't want to tweet or Facebook about you. I don't want to put you on my story. I don't want any of that. I just want to divorce you quietly. And for that to happen, that really touched his heart. He was broken and burdened by the situation and Mary's like listen you don't understand the angel appeared to me I'm about to have the son of God you know the Messiah that we've been waiting for for all these years that's who he is and Joseph is not having it so this ordinary couple unexpected by all means in an unexpected town called Nazareth right is now with this unexpected circumstance of his wife is pregnant with the savior of the world and joseph is considering all these things he's laying down on his bed has anybody watched home alone so far this year come on y'all gotta watch it tonight go for it just go for it and i love this part when kevin is laying down on his bed and he has these thoughts coming into his head kevin you're such a disease <laughs> look what you did you little jerk and then he just thinks I made my family disappear, right? Like it's a good thing that happens. And Joseph is laying down on his bed and he's thinking, what are people going to think? If I claim this, if I go through with this marriage, if I own this opportunity, what are the people going to say about us? And he had genuine fear in his heart. The text says that as he considered these things, he was in a moment of consideration. He began to doze off into a sleep. And it was then that the angel of the Lord appeared to him in that dream and said to him, Joseph, son of David, you're the son of David. The prophecy will continue. The Messiah will be born through the son of David. And I have chosen you, your ordinary self with an ordinary job to adopt the savior of the world. Joseph woke up from that time. And I love what he did right here. 
This is a big time thing right here. This is the third point. This will be the last point that I will go through. This is what I call an unexpected decision. This is an unexpected decision. I don't know about you, church, but there's going to be some moments that happen in your life in 2018 where there's going to be an unexpected circumstance with an unexpected person, and you're going to have to make an unexpected decision in that moment. And I love what we see Joseph do here. As we look back to the text, it says that he took his wife, and he did what the angel told him to do. What we see happen here is that Joseph, being a just man and a man of God, says, hey, you know what? No fear all power. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to do what I'm called to do. And I'm going to trust that his unexpected grace is big enough to cover my unexpected decisions. And I can trust in the expected God to do everything he promised to do because he is good and right and true. And he would give birth to the savior of the world. My wife Nina and I went through an unexpected moment in 2017. We weren't sure how it was all going to play out, um, but we saw God's hand in it throughout and I want to bring you into this story now through this video right here. I remember last year, Nina and I were praying that we would have another baby. And um, Nina came up to me and showed me a pregnancy test and let me know that we were, we were pregnant. And it was just crazy. Um, we were praising God about that. We were so excited. We um, went the very next day and um, just had high hopes. And um, the ultrasound technician told us that there wasn't a heartbeat. Yeah, and I think for us, we, we just were shocked because our pregnancy with EPAF was, was smooth and mm -hmm. we didn't know anything different. So it was just this unexpected moment. Like, what do you do with that? What, what, do, you, what do you mean there's no heartbeat? And he gave us this news that, you know what, it still is kind of early in the game. Come back in a couple weeks and we'll try again. And so we just took those two weeks. We prayed. I remember fasting and just asking God and just saying, Lord, uh, would you give this baby a heartbeat? Would you, would you do whatever you need to do to bring him to life? And we showed up for that, that second doctor's appointment. They checked again and they gave us the news that day that this baby wasn't going to make it. And I just remember talking to Nina, feeling devastated that that this life that we were believing God for and praying for wasn't what wasn't going to be there for us. So the doctor suggested that the next step would be to have surgery, and um, I just remember waking up and talking to the nurse and seeing Hyde in there. Yeah. yeah, it was just a lot that went on during that season of life, and. I remember walking into the surgery room and they finally allowed me to be in there and and I'm thinking hold up like Nina's over here ministering to the nurse and she looks over and she says hey you got an invite card while she's on this hospital bed and I slide her a walk church invite card and she invites the uh, the nurse um, to church and 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 we got through that time and felt like that season was coming to a close that chapter um, which had a lot of craziness in it, a lot of, of moments where we just didn't know what to expect, um, finally finished up. And it was in that time that this cool, awesome couple just walked into Walk Church one day, and I'm thinking, who is this? I remember that we were searching for a new church, and it was a Sunday morning, and I remember watching a lot of online services, and I was... I was kind of frustrated because I 
wasn't connecting with any of them and so here I am I'm telling Danny like what church are we going to go to you know Christmas is coming up what what's going to happen and I remember that moment he said let's pray about it and three hours later I remember getting a text from a good friend of mine Sherry and she said you you and your family have really been on my heart um, you guys should check out this church walk church and I said okay so I remember immediately I started to um, look up walk church and I immediately started to watch the sermons online and I was excited because um, I felt like my husband was gonna connect with the pastor because basketball when I pulled up I was like man I don't even know what to think like I don't know anybody here and when you're the new when you're the new person you're like oh man got that like butterflies in your stomach and I walked in and uh, Dean was at the front I remember and uh, he shook our hand he was like hey mm -hmm. welcome to watch church and we went in and Heidi was like, hey, are you guys new? Where are you guys from? And we started talking, and that's when we shared the story about um, how our friend Sherry uh, was a nurse, was Nina's nurse, and how she had sent us a text that we should come check this out. I think for me, walking into Walk Church is just feeling this overwhelming love of people that I've never met before was, it stood out to me, definitely. So I remember after a few weeks of attending I was talking to my wife and I was like man I was like we got to do more like we got it this is cool like I'm actually enjoying this and I'm actually learning a lot so uh, we got plugged into a charge group with the Hodges and uh, after that uh, we started volunteering we started um, I started going to a men's group that we do every Friday morning and she started doing the women of wow and we just you know now we just been volunteering and hanging out with everybody in the church and it's it's a family now it's not just a church I think it was really in that moment that we began to see that, that God has this unexpected grace that's on all of our lives, that even in these storms, even in these circumstances that we don't have all the answers, we don't have it all figured out, even till this day, Nina and I think back at that time and it's, and it's hard and there's really uh, pain still in our heart there, but, but we know and we can trust that God was even there with us in those moments, doing a work that we had no idea about, drawing a couple to himself, to our church. And it's been so amazing to grow in our friendship with Danny and Christina, to see them get plugged in in a charge group and recently have their daughter get baptized at our church that Nina was able to uh, facilitate. It's just been amazing to see how that's all happened. And Will and Sherry have come to our church. And even on top of all that goodness, here we are today, uh, Nina getting ready to have our second baby boy, and we see God's hand all over it. How about that? Amen. <clears throat> yeah. Unexpected grace right there. Unexpected grace. We can trust that God's hand is on our lives, even in the moments where we don't even know what's going on. If you're in one of those moments right now, you can trust that God knows what he's doing. He wants to get your attention. And he wants to tell you that that's how much he loves you. To send his son into the world, even as a baby, even to relate to you as a, in, in a young life. To live the life that you could never live, the perfect sinless life. We've all blown it here in the room. We've all messed up. We've all missed God's mark. But, but God says, that's all right, because I'll send my son to live it for you. And the reality is we can't die for our own sin. Our sin is just going to be on top of sin. And, and we have a savior here that says, but I can die for your sin because he is spotless and blameless. 
and the Messiah, Jesus, would go on to live this perfect, sinless life, we actually wouldn't hear much more about Joseph and Mary anymore. Their job was to point to him and to prepare the way. And so today we get to see that Jesus not only lived that life, but he died the sinner's death. He rose from the grave that we would have stayed dead in. And he made a way for us to have eternal life. And eternal life doesn't start in heaven. Eternal life is when you encounter Christ today. And he begins to live his life in you and through you. You begin to walk in eternity now. And I want to encourage you right now. I'm going to clap with you, brother. I'm going to clap with you. I want to encourage you right now. If this is your moment to receive him as your savior. This is your moment to just say, yes, God. Essentially to say, all right, you know what? I'm going to make Jesus my boss. He's going to be the Lord over my life. He's going to be my savior. He's going to be my king. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to listen to him from now on. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to put all my, my chips on the table and trust God with them. I'm going to put all my eggs in his basket and say, Jesus, I trust you with all of them. If this is your moment to do that, I want to invite you to pray with me right now. Let's bow our heads. Father God, I thank you for this opportunity. God, maybe this is an unexpected moment for somebody in the room tonight. Where they may have showed up thinking that they were just going to check out this community Christmas service and sing some Christmas carols. But God, it was in that moment that, Father, that you grabbed a hold of their heart, you touched their life, and you changed them for eternity and that forever for the rest of their life they'll look back at Christmas Eve 2017 and say that was my game changer moment that was when I changed the course of my life because my God stepped in and saved me and today if you need to place faith in Christ if today you need to stop trusting in your own good works and begin trusting in his right now just call upon his name it's not the words of a prayer that are magical it's faith in the gospel that is spiritual it's you just saying right now, Father, forgive me of my sins. I believe in you. I trust you. I'm ready to be saved. Change me. I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. Neither did Joseph or Mary, but they trusted you. Send me your spirit. I turn from my sins. I don't want to do those things anymore. Help me to say no. Strengthen me to say yes to you, God. I place my faith in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.